and welcome to Scoreboard. Um, we're back here. I'm Will Simons, along with Courtney Wise and Daniel Palmore. This is our second episode of the semester, and this is a big week for USC sports because it's UCLA-USC week. The Crosstown Showdown Basketball Edition comes to the Galen Center this Saturday to top 25 college basketball teams. USC's 20-4 and four after their narrow victory against Pacific University last night, 74-68. Well, US, uh, UCLA is also coming off of a victory yesterday. They're 17-4. and four. They beat Stanford 79-70 yesterday. Uh, for USC, Harrison Hornery and Reese Dixon Waters were kind of unexpected heroes in that game against Pacific. That was definitely closer than expected. They both had nine points off the bench. Uh, Harrison Hornery had hit three threes that really electrified the Galen Center. But, Daniel, I'll start with you. What are the, your keys to the game for, against uh, UCLA? Uh, I think uh, it's going to be very important for the Trojans to focus on, uh, it was brought up on the podcast last week, avoiding these slow starts because uh, against a team like UCLA, a ranked team, a crosstown rival, uh, you don't want to uh, be in a position where you're starting the game and you have to overcome uh, an uphill battle or struggle to get easy baskets because uh, some of the slow starts that the Trojans have gotten off to just last night against Pacific, they were down double digits in the first half. They got off to a slow start against uh, UC Berkeley and uh, other teams as well. So just sort of uh, avoiding those slow starts and uh, manage, uh, making sure to keep it a game the whole way. Courtney, what about you? I think that they need to keep their momentum, their strategy, and to also, um, what Daniel said, avoid slow starts, um, especially during the Pacific game was pretty slow and we were losing for the first few minutes. And so I think that going into the UCLA game, they need to also work on their free throws um, and they need to like step it up and start making fast plays and fast moves. So. Yeah, I think the transition's an interesting point to bring up because I, you know, I was watching the game against Pacific yesterday and I, I was honestly very frustrated about the way this team played in transition, whether it's bad passes, you know, passing up open shots. And, you know, to be actually, to be fair to them, this is their best uh, game at the free throw line of the year yesterday. So, you know, maybe building off of that momentum at the free throw line, which sort of sounds silly to say if you think about it, but, you know, that could be important in a game that's, you know, probably going to be a pretty close game. You know, UCLA is not going to make a lot of mistakes. That's the strength of their team. They're fourth best at turning the ball over in the nation. So they're just not going to make mistakes. And USC is going to have to do their best to limit their mistakes really on both sides of the ball if they're going to be able to hang in there with a very good UCLA team. You know, yeah, we, we've talked about the slow starts. That's also been frustrating just the way this team, you know, I, I, it was interesting because Arizona, they seem to actually get up for, you know, obviously Arizona, very good team, UCLA, um, really, or USC really hung in there for uh, really like 35 minutes, if not a little bit more. Um, they eventually lost by nine, but it was really a closer game than the score sort of showed. But I mean, Daniel, I'll, I'll go to you. Like, what did you think? What do you think that Arizona game sort of showed you about this USC team? I... I actually did. I did get a chance to uh, catch the game on Saturday against Arizona, and like you said, I definitely do think that they got up for the game, and it just shows you that this team has a lot of talented players, guys who can score, do everything, and if they're able to get up for big matchups, that's a very good sign. And I just like to see the offense not get as as stagnant. I, f I thought it got pretty stagnant in the second half, and buckets were hard to come by. And to be fair, give credit to Arizona; they're a great team, but. 
it just shows that uh, this Trojan team has a lot of potential if all the guys are locked in and engaged. Yeah, I think the key in that Arizona game is, you know, like I said, you know, USC kind of hung in there for a majority of the game. They finished the game one for 15 from the field. And for the whole game itself, they were seven of 30 uh, at the three-point line. Again, that kind of play just isn't quite going to fly against another good team, even though it's at home versus UCLA. Um, USC does have a good track record in the uh, recent memory uh, against UCLA, obviously the last two seasons. You know, a couple of last-second shots to win it against UCLA, both Jonah Matthews, Taj um, have hit huge threes late in the game to beat UCLA. It's going to be interesting, you know. I'm, I'm curious to see who the hero might have to be this time around. Courtney, are there any, you know, maybe specific matchups you like for USC in this game? I want to see Boogie Ellis and Johnny Jute. Juzang? Yes. Um, I want to see them match up. I think that it might be a little bit of an odd matchup, but I think those two going head to head might make for like an interesting game overall. So Yeah, I, I agree. I think Boogie Ellis, you know, he, he he's been inconsistent at times this year, which is you know, definitely hurt this USC team. You know, he he, he struggled quite a bit in that uh, at times at least in that Arizona game and I'm curious to see, you know, maybe maybe if he's, uh, you know, if I had to pick a guy, I would say he has to be that guy for USC that kind of has to go and get a bucket late in the game. But Johnny Juzang is an awesome player. Um, I mean, Johnny Juzang is one of the top offensive players in the nation. Uh, he, he's he's US, uh, UCLA's top option. They give him the ball uh, almost a quarter of the time when he's on the court. And, you know, one of, again, like I said before, one of the main things he does so well is he just doesn't turn the ball over. And he's so efficient at mid-range jump shots. That's kind of the strength of the UCLA offense. So I'm curious to see how USC's defense, which is still very good, you can't take that away from them. I'm curious to see if they're able to force uh, Juzang into any bad shots. Daniel, anything else you uh, want to say about this game? Uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be a, a very exciting game. And uh, I'm interested to see how the Trojans fare against, I'm looking at it right now, a UCLA team that it's a, they're a pretty big team. They don't really, they only have, as I'm looking right now, one player uh, under six foot. So it's going to be interesting to see how our bigs and guys like Drew Peterson and as Courtney mentioned, Boogie Ellis are able to find ways to get tough baskets and what should be a, a very close and uh, exciting game. Yeah, an interesting caveat to that, though, is that UCLA typically rolls out a much smaller lineup in terms of starters um, compared to USC. Typically, they're rolling with, you know, Tiger Campbell, three six foot seven guys, and Jules Bernard, Johnny Juzang, Hame Hakez, and then Miles Johnson's their only, you know, sort of true big. And a, UC, a USC lineup that lines up with two true bigs in Isaiah Mobley and uh, Chavez Goodwin. I really think that this could be a huge game for Isaiah Mobley. Courtney, do you want to talk a little bit about Isaiah Mobley's availability? Well, yesterday during the Pacific game, as you can see, Isaiah was not there. He was absent during the entire game. He apparently had a nose injury. A um, facial fracture, I believe is what they called it. Facial fracture. And so his clearance is still iffy as of today. And so we do not know yet if he will be playing against the UCLA game. Yeah, and as you can kind of infer, obviously, USD definitely struggled in his absence against Pacific, and the step up in, con- in competition between Pacific and UCLA cannot be understated. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think that game showed how much of a, how much importance uh, Isaiah Mobley has to this team. And I guess the last thing I wanted to say about this game 
was really, and I sort of mentioned it before, but I think UCLA is one of the most mid-range heavy teams in the nation. That That's kind of their bread and butter. They don't shoot threes. Neither does USC, really. But USC is one of the best two-point defensive teams in the nation. They are currently ranked number four in two-point shot defense in the entire nation. And like I said, I mean, you know, a, a team like UCLA, where that's really their bread and butter, they rely so much on either getting to the rim or, you know, those uh, tough mid-range shots. This isn't a bad matchup for the USC defense. I think that's it for this game. I guess we'll just get into predictions. Daniel, I'll start with you. I think uh, USC is going to win a, a very close game, even though Isaiah's availability is still in question. I just think having the home court advantage of being at the Galen Center, I think it's going to be a great crowd, and I think the Trojans come out on top. Courtney. Yeah, I also think it's going to be an extremely close game, um, maybe by a free throw. Um, and so I think that the Trojans are also going to come up top. Yeah, you know what? I, I I think, Courtney, you've talked me into it. I Obviously, I think this all sort of hinges on Isaiah Mobley's availability. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm kind of, I've kind of talked myself into it throughout the course of this episode. But you know what? How about Boogie Ellis to have his Jonah Matthews Tajidi moment? Yes. You know, maybe a buzzer beating three in the closing <laughs> seconds. Why not have a little bit of fun? But yeah, it'll, it'll be a fun game. Obviously, UCLA is a very good team. USC's, you know, maybe reeling a little bit from their hot start, but this would be a huge game for their confidence going into sort of the closing stretch of the Pac-12 season. We'll swing around to some other sports around campus, and we'll talk a little bit about number seven, men's volleyball, off to a hot start. Uh, they're eight and two after um, a loss to number one team, uh, Long Beach State, last week. Their only other loss came a couple weeks ago to. Ohio State, another ranked team. Like I said, they, they remain the number seven team in the coaches poll. Um, they have two home games this week, first coming tonight. So this pod will probably be out there. This game already happens, but number eight, UC Santa Barbara. who USC has actually already beaten twice this season. They beat them back-to-back days on the road earlier, and they also play Cal State Northridge tomorrow. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about the uh, USC team? Sure. Now, I don't know much about men's volleyball, but I know that after hearing from them that they're doing really good this season. I heard that last last year, last season, they weren't doing so hot. So I'm pretty so I'm glad that, you know, they're coming up with uh, more wins than um, anticipated. So Yeah, definitely a kind of an unexpected start. They weren't ranked to start the season, but Simon Gallus and Sam Cobreen. Uh, they're leading the team with 4.24 and 3.25 kills per set, respectively. Um, we have some more stats. USC's actually in the top 10 in the country in four different statistical categories. They're third in assists with 12.29%, fifth in hitting percentage, fifth in kills, and ninth in digs. Daniel, how do you feel about this USC team? Uh, I would say, uh, similar to Courtney, I'm not uh, too familiar uh, with the men's volleyball team, but it's just nice to... Uh, know that there's another sports team representing the Trojans well, and obviously uh, them not being ranked at the start of the season and being able to uh, climb all the way up to number seven is a a great achievement, and uh, hopefully they can just keep doing what they're doing and keep stacking up wins. Yeah, obviously a little bit unexpected, but that doesn't take away from, you know, how much they've already accomplished this season. We'll hope they keep it rolling this week against couple more good teams and while we're at it we'll uh talk a little bit about women's basketball usc has now lost seven straight in pac-12 play after a tough 91 to 69 loss at utah today um they're now two and nine in conference play nine and 12 overall uh they do a couple of games up in washington they play at washington and washington state this weekend so a chance to right the ship 
I believe Washington hasn't won in Pac-12 play yet, so that, that'll be a chance for USC to get back in the win column on Friday. But Jordan Jenkins has been awesome for this USC women's team. She's had 20-plus points in each for her last three. Uh, I'll pose this question to either of you. What do you, what do you think uh, this women's team can do to sort of get back in the win column this weekend? Uh, I would say uh, one thing, uh, just to note, I also, I have I cover uh, the women's team for the Daily Trojan, and just uh, watching some of their games and uh, looking at some of the numbers, uh, shooting and uh, rebounding, shooting from the floor, shooting from three, uh, just two things that if they definitely work on those, they can start uh, getting back on track in terms of winning some games. But like you said, Jordan Jenkins is a player for the Trojans, very versatile, can score at all three levels, and uh, just... Yeah, like you said, they have a chance to uh, bounce back uh, against this weekend against a team in uh, Washington who uh, hasn't uh, won in the conference yet. Courtney, what about you? Yeah, I agree. You know, um, I think Jordan Jenkins, Jordan Sanders are both um, amazing basketball players. I think that, you know, their matchup against Washington, Washington State um, is a fairly easy matchup. I think that they'll come up with two wins. So um, I have no doubt about it. So I'm excited. Yeah, I believe the USC was close in their last game against Washington State. Uh, They lost by eight uh, last time they played Washington State, but they beat Washington. So uh, at least, you know, a good chance to win at least one of those two games. Yeah, and I I think, you know, obviously Jordan Jenkins, Jordan Sanders, I think USC maybe has been a little bit too reliant on those two players to sort of get all their scoring, but I do think Ryan Marshall has been awesome, the freshman coming off of the bench. I think she's going to be a really huge player for this team sort of in years to come. Obviously, this is only year one under new head coach Lindsey Gottlieb. She'll be here for a while. This is sort of a almost a rebuilding phase for this uh, USC team, and I really do think you know next year, year after that, they're going to be a top team in the Pac-12 uh, that can you know really compete with anybody. And we'll finish it up. It's Super Bowl week. Can't not talk about that um unfortunately the only usc alumni on either team is the rams robert woods he is out for the season with a torn acl he got hurt in i believe like week seven so he will not be playing in this game but that doesn't mean we can't make some predictions daniel i'll start with you uh so i'm really looking forward to this game i haven't really thought too much about my prediction but i'm willing to give one right now i think the hometown team rams are going to get it done 27 24 tight game I've been betting against the Bengals all postseason, and it looks like I'm doing it again. (laughs) Courtney, what about you? Okay, I'm going to go the opposite way. I actually called the Bengals from the start. So um, I'm going to have to say the Bengals are going to pull off the win, um, 29-17. to Ooh, okay, I like that prediction. Two-score game? Yeah, I... You know, I, I'll admit I'm a salty 49ers fan, so I was um, not too happy after the NFC Championship game. And, I, you know, I came act, out of that game thinking, oh, it's all the Bengals. You know, I, I really like Joe Burrow. I think he's been awesome, and I think he's going to be a great quarterback from years to come. But I've kind of come around a bit on the Rams, just thinking about the matchup. Uh, you know, I, I, I really struggle to think about how the Bengals secondary is going to stop uh, Odo Beckham Jr. and Cooper Cup. And, you know, I, I, I do think the Cinderella run for the Bengals kind of has to come to an end at some point, you know, dis, you know, despite, you know, the fact that, hey, nobody thought they'd get here in the first place. I think they were, you know, uh, 120 to one to make the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. So it's, you know, a, a crazy run, but I do think it comes to an end here. I'm going to say it's a touchdown game. I'll give it, we'll say 30 to 23 Rams. 
Williams. Okay. That's going to be my pick. But that will wrap it up for this episode of Scoreboard. We'll be back next week to recap USC-UCLA this weekend and give you some updates on some other teams that is, you know, spring sports are kind of getting underway. we got baseball coming up soon, um, sort of heading into March Madness, so it's a good time to be a USC sports fan. Anyways, I'm Will Simons here along with Daniel Palmore and Courtney Wise, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>